Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here we study the Bible and uh, we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we have done the Old Testament, which we completed, and now we are handling the New Testament with the book of Matthew. We are looking at chapter 19. That's where we shall continue today and hopefully finish chapter 19 as we study. We start at verse 13, which tells us, Then some children were brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them and pray. Of course, now it is Jesus they are talking about here. And uh, through his ministry, he prays for many people. Throughout his ministry, he attends to everybody. Jesus does not have limits on who to attend to. Jesus does not have barriers. His ministry is not restricted to a few or to some. He does not look at age. Yeah, that you know, those that are above 15 are the ones Jesus wants. All those that have reached the age of 18 are the ones Jesus wants. Jesus can attend to you even when you are young. He can attend to you even when you are still a teenager. Some people have accepted Christ and we've seen that at a young age. There are people who have come to Christ and known him even at a young age when they are still uh, young, when they are still even below 10. We've had people who got saved at 6 years, 7 years. And it's a miracle. It is a miracle. It is a revelation that is brought to somebody Yeah, that they come out and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So Jesus can get to anybody at any age. Jesus can let you become that. And now, at this point, some children are brought to him so that he might lay his hands on them. The people who bring these children, of course, they have to be their parents. And uh, knowing how things operate, there are people who do bring children to pastors, to leaders that I need you to pray for my child. Whatever they were going through, whether they were ill, whether they had demon possession, whether they just wanted them to be blessed, is important for a parent, for you towards your children, Yeah, that they have a level of blessing that is imparted upon them, that they are prayed for, that they are blessed, Yeah, that there's a transfer of blessing that comes. And now, these are the luckiest of all. Because Jesus is the one that blesses them. Jesus himself is the one that they take them to. So, they took them to him. Of course, uh, the disciples, probably in their minds, they thought these are kids, they don't need nothing. These are kids, they do not have problems. They've not seen enough trouble in the world yet that they require Jesus to come and help them or and pray for them or lay hands on them. And they rebuke them, say, do not bring the children here. But hey, Jesus says this to the disciples. He says, let the children 
alone. And do not hinder them from coming to me, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, Jesus makes it clear to the disciples that you might be looking and thinking, okay, this does not matter to children, but I need them. Because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. We see crusades being held and children, somehow children make the biggest number of people who come to uh, these crusades or to these Christian gatherings. And uh, it is very simple for the leader or the people around, the elders, to think that since they are just children who are here, then nobody has come yet. But those are the ones Jesus puts attention and says, these the kingdom of heaven belongs to. These the kingdom of heaven belongs to. And it is very important for our children, for the children today, to have access to Jesus. It's very important for you to let them experience the salvation power of Jesus. And, of course, uh, we looked at it earlier, seeing that Jesus also comes to refer to us as children. And this implies us being children, or us considered as children of God, then there should not be any hindrance for us to access Christ. You have to know that you've got access to Christ. It is not through your pastor or through your leader that you have to access Christ. He says, come, you're not hindered. Come to me. You need to take time and go before God. You need to take time and speak to God. You need to take time and enjoy the presence of God because you have got access to him. You are his child. And he says the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this. You're also one of them because you're a child of God. So do not be afraid to access him. Do not be afraid to talk to him. Do not put all your eggs in the basket of the preacher that they are the ones to access Christ for you. Go and access him because the kingdom of heaven belongs to these such as you. You can access him and talk to him. And this manipulation that happens sometimes that leaders place on and say, you cannot get anything unless it has gone through me. No, that is not right. God is interested in you. You can pray to him and he will answer your prayer. That is what he tells us. After laying his hands on them, he departed from there. He gives them attention. He lays hands on them. He blesses them. He prays for them, praying for children. Praying for the little ones, very key, very important. Where you find them, you pray for them. It's not just enough for you to, uh, you know, the, the quickest thing you do for the kids when you find them is to joke around and play and uh, tease them a bit. But you lay hands and pray blessing on them. They may not even have to know it. It may not be uh, an ordered prayer session. Yeah, but you can lay hands and pray for them as... Uh, you are even playing with them because they may not know, but you are imparting a blessing because it's clear here to us that Jesus came out and prayed for them. And I want to believe, and I'm sure, these children that he laid hands on became great people. These that he laid hands on 
became blessed people in the future. These that he laid hands on were not touched by the enemy because when Christ comes and imparts his grace upon you, when Christ comes and fills his love upon you, when Christ comes and blesses you, his blessing is the best you can ever get. And there are so many things that we rush for in this world. But what we need is the blessing of God. What we need is the blessing of God. And that starts from childhood. He lays hands on these children and everything is resolved in their lives. Demons will fear to tread that area. Poverty will not tread that area. That's why it's key how we raise children. And from what level do we start to raise them? And what do we say? about their lives. How do we impart? What words do you say to them? Because that which you say while young is what will go with the child forever. So it is important for Jesus. He lays hands on them and he blesses them. He prays knowledge over them. He prays wisdom over them. And these will be great men and women in the future because they have the blessing of Christ. And You bless your children. Bless the little ones. And they shall have the blessing of Christ even as they grow. And they will not depart from him. Verse 16. We get to another story of a rich young ruler that is told here. And someone came to him and said, Teacher. Of course, teacher is Jesus. What good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? That question is so much present today that does it matter what I have to do as long as I do good then I will have eternal life. As long as I don't hurt others then I will have eternal life. As long as I walk in this way then I will have eternal life. And still this young rich ruler is asking Jesus and is saying what good thing just give me one good thing that I may do to obtain eternal life. Because they knew that there is eternal life. It's important to know that there is life after this. We're not going to just be here then after we vanish in air. And we are no more. There is life after this. There is life eternal. And it's important for me to understand that after all this is done, there is life. And Jesus says to him, why are you asking me about what is good? Are you hearing Jesus' question? Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Now, Jesus is telling this young man that there is only one who is good. And of course, he's talking about God the Father. He's talking about because the one here has been placed with a capital O, yeah, to indicate that it's not just any man walking the planet right now. He is the one who is good. God is good. We already said that, that God is good all the time. He does not have moments where he is uh, halfway. 
You know, for us people, human beings, that's what we do. There are days where you're good and there are days where you're terrible. There are days where they wonder and say that is quite a Christian. And then there are days where they ask themselves, is this guy a Christian? For God, he does not have moments where he's a good God and other moments where he's not a good God. He is good all the time. And Jesus makes it clear for us here to tell us that there is only one who is good. And for him, he does not oscillate. For him, it is always goodness at all times. Every single minute, your God is good. And he has good intentions for you who is listening to me today. He's good. And not only is he good, but he has good intentions for us, his children. And they always remain good. And he says, but if you wish to enter into life, now he's telling this young man, keep the commandments. Jesus does not discard commandments. He's coming and referring to what was key in the days of Moses. And that was the commandments. And he's saying, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. The walk of your life has a big statement in mix on whether you will attain eternal life or eternal punishment. Then he said to him, the rich young ruler now comes and says, which ones? He wants to get the specific ones because they were 10. And now he's asking, which commandments are you talking about? Which ones do you want? And Jesus said, Jesus picks out now these that uh, directly, of course, the ones that he mentions here are ones that we have in the daily relations with uh, our fellow human beings. And he says, starts to mention them and says, you shall not commit murder. Hmm? And he says, you shall not commit adultery. And he tells him, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Okay? Now he also adds, honor your father and mother. Then he adds that which is key, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus brings out key things here. He mentions five of the commandments, but he adds to the last one of honoring your father. And he adds and says, this is six, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. We realize all those are key in relations with fellow humans. Yeah, how to live in peace with one another. Then, do not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. This one we shall have to understand well. Because if your father and mother are telling you to do things that lead you away from God, do you still listen and do that? Because it's important for us to also know that we need discernment. Because if they tell you we are going to a shrine, do you also follow? Because you have to honor them. No. And he lastly mentions, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. They are not talking about the one just next door. Every single person you meet is your neighbor. Every single person you meet on the way today is regarded your neighbor. And Jesus is saying you need to love that person as yourself. 
First picture, how we love our own selves. What we love about ourselves. That you do not want anything bad to happen to you. So should it be for your neighbor. That you want to have a good life. So should it be for your neighbor. That you don't want any distractions. You do not want any failures in life. So should it be for your neighbor. That whatever you wish for yourself, you wish for your neighbor. That's what Jesus is saying. So, he has already posed something that is quite tricky for this rich young ruler. And the young man said to Jesus, All these things I have kept. This guy was interesting. First of all, he was young. Because they say young people never follow order. Young people do not obey commandments. Young people are always unruly. But for him, he says, he has kept all these that Jesus has said. All these commandments, this young boy says, I have kept. And to add to being young, he's rich. Because they say that rich people can't follow Christ. That rich people cannot be listening to Christ. That rich people always are driven by their money. And they end up hurting others and not doing good. That is what they say about rich people. But this young rich ruler comes out and tells you, I have done all that. I have not killed anybody to get rich. No. I have not committed adultery because I have money that I can lure any woman to myself. No, I've not done that. He has not stolen because Jesus also mentioned that you shall not steal. I've become rich and I have not stolen from anybody. I've not been bearing false witness so that I, I make deals and get money. No, so I've become rich in the right way. So whatever he is saying, or whatever you're saying as Jesus, I have done. Because that's what he says. And he asks Jesus, what am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions. Huh? And give the money to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. And come and follow me. What is Jesus dwelling on? Jesus is dwelling on the part B of verse 19. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Because as much as, young man, you are rich and you followed those that I mentioned, the poor are still among you. You go and sell everything and give the money to them. Because then you shall be loving them as yourself. Wish the best for them that you can be able to sell everything you have and give them the money. Give them the possessions you have. Because if I love to have something, then I should be willing to let it go to my neighbor. That's what Jesus is giving him. If you wish to be complete, go and sell all your possessions. Go and sell your possessions and give it to the poor. And you'll have treasures in heaven and come and follow me the moment we still have interest in possessions the moment we are still taken up by possessions that we cannot let go of them the moment we feel that possessions are all that is is important in our lives then we cannot follow christ because jesus clearly makes it for him that if you are going to come and follow me you have to put this idea of possessions behind you 
because no one who has great interest in possession shall look to Christ. You cannot serve God and mammon. If we are still greedy about possessions, about land, about cars, about money, and we have that overwhelming greed over it, there's no way we can follow Christ because what Christ demands is that we love our neighbors as ourselves. Now that is what is extreme. That shall I see somebody who is in need and go sell my land and give them the money. So when the young man had this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. So it doesn't matter what else he was doing. The interest of Christ was sell and give to the poor. Then come and follow me. You have kept the rest of the commandments, yes, but what I need from you, go and sell that which you have. And that was a problem because he had so, so much. There's no way he was going to let it go. And Jesus said to the disciples, truly I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This is not a statement that should encourage people to remain poor. And that was not the intention of Christ because his intention for us is that we are wealthy, is that we are well, is that we have everything because he provides everything in abundance. Because someone can easily say, since Jesus said it is hard or it will get hard for the rich to enter heaven, then I should stay broke. No, that's not God's intention for your life that you are broke. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to prosper in life. And now, there's always a discussion about this issue of uh, the camel not going through the eye of the needle, that there was uh, this small gate in Jerusalem uh, that the camels would not go through. That was referred to as the needle. That could be true. But also, if we bring it in the literal sense, uh, it cannot go through the eye of the needle. If you've bought a needle before, you have one at home, it's clear. By the time you can't go through it, the camel won't. And it is because they have so much interest in their wealth that they cannot look to Christ. So it's hard for them, just like this young rich ruler. When the disciples heard this, they were very astonished and they said, then who can be saved? At looking at them, Jesus said to them, With people, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With God, the camel, or the, the, the fact that a rich person can be able to focus and receive salvation, with God it's possible. You hand it over to him. You surrender it to him. It is possible for the change of heart. It's possible for the focus on earthly things not to be what determines your life that you look to Christ and it is not possible with men but with God it is possible it is God who does that it is God who makes it possible for us to be saved it is God who enables us to be saved and that is clear for us in the scriptures here then Peter said to him behold we have left everything and followed you what then will be there for us? Peter now is saying, now, may I lift my boat? Peter was a good uh, fisherman, prosperous business. He says, we left something. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, 
when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, he shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or farms, for my sake, will receive many times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Many who are first right now, those that portray like they are everything, they will be last. And those who seem last will be first because there is a price to pay to follow Christ. And that price, people leave things. There are some things you might leave. There are some people you've got to leave. There are some businesses you might have to leave. But when you do that, Jesus promises that when that time comes and he is here, then there will be a blessing that is laid upon you much more than that which you left. Because to follow Christ, you set everything aside. You set aside riches. You set aside the property. You set it all aside and focus on Christ because with him, you have eternal life. And he also promises that when that day comes, he will repay for that that you left. Father, we thank you for your word. And we pray, dear Lord, that you help us focus on you and do that which honors you for your glory. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the world of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, bibleindepth.com.